Welcome to another episode of Rise Up, episode 253, right here on rumble.com slash LFA TV. It is always an honor 
to have you guys here joining with me. All you God-fearing, God-loving, rapture-ready Christians all in one place right here. We already have, Eli, over 12, no, over 1,100 people watching 11 minutes into episode number 253. What does that tell you? God is on the move. And if God is on the move and Jesus is in your hearts, then go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain. Go spread that gospel. That is what we're here to do, especially during this Christmas season. Amen. And of course, here on this December 19th, year of our Lord, 2023, I'm accompanied by producer Eli over there. We are ready to start the day here on LFA TV. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's start this show off right. Please remove those hats if you're wearing one and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Now, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Yeshua, Emmanuel, Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you today in thanksgiving that when we rely on you, when we lean on Jesus and accompanied by the Holy Spirit, anything is possible. Healing is possible. Change of attitude is possible. Restoration is possible. Love, compassion, gratitude, thankfulness joy, peace, the nine fruits of the Spirit, all possible when we lean on you. No matter what happens here, in trying tumultuous times, when things are coming at us left and right, the devil is shooting arrows at us, we stay in a little bubble protected by the armor of God. When we lean on you, when we have Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity all in one, as our guide, as our protector, as our weapon to fight off evil. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for medicines. Thank you for our families coming to you, maybe for the first time. Lord, thank you for trials where we find treasures. And Lord, today as we talk about this message, your card is declined. Please let this message have massive consequences to everybody who listens to it And sees it today. And those consequences being that they will walk away from their old life. They'll walk away from the evil that they commit every single day, knowingly or unknowingly. There are consequences for your actions. But the action of loving and accepting Christ has the greatest consequences of all. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you all very much. God God Chick says this is going to be a great message and very needed and definitely why you should be rapture ready, ladies and gentlemen. Now, it is 15 minutes past the hour. Um, I'm going to give you all an update on my mother before we start uh, the show today. And because of the fact that I'm here and not there... uh, Kind of tells you everything you need to know. Things are getting better for my mother. I spent almost seven hours in the hospital with her yesterday. Um, She had to get 
uh, CAT scans done, you know, the CAT scan where they put the dye in your arm. They had to do that CAT scan. They had to run a bunch of tests on her, move her from room to room. And of course, you know, my mom is a very, um, my mom is a very sheltered uh, individual her whole life, meaning that she's not experienced a lot and she doesn't have a lot of the tools or resources, um, you know, to answer questions that, that most of you and I would be able to answer, like blood type and things like that. She just doesn't know. So just the mere fact of having somebody there, like her son or even any of her ch- children, um, during all of this, it, it makes a world of difference. As, as, as I said yesterday, folks, yes, there's not much you can do um, in, a, in a medical sense, but being there means so much more. And so I spent about seven hours with my mom yesterday after the show. And uh, um, my mom was so incredibly grateful. She was so incredibly grateful that, that I was able to, to, you know, accompany her to these tests and these rooms. And, and she just looked at me and she just was so thankful. Thank you so much for caring and staying. I said, of course, of course. Uh, long story short, folks, what she has, um, she was very, very afraid um, that the results were going to come back and tell her that she had cancer. Uh, she was very afraid that she was going to have to be on a breathing machine the rest of her God-given natural life. And she, while we were waiting for the results, she was already, you know, still short of breath. She still can't, like, she can't make it from the bed to the wheelchair without having her oxygen levels drop to 80 and her become absolutely weak. Like, her body is taking every piece of energy that it has to move from the bed to the wheelchair. So that's about how bad that she is still. However, as we were waiting for the results to come back, my mother was putting herself into an anxiety attack um, periodically, like every five minutes, because she was so worried about the test results and she was so worried about dying and she was so worried about maybe if she didn't die having a breathing machine the rest of her life and I said mom don't fear don't worry you are causing yourself to your blood pressure to spike you're causing your oxygen levels to drop and you're causing yourself to go into a state of anxiety when you don't even know what the results are going to be So until you know, let's just sit here and talk about positive, godly things. So I got to tell you, folks, I got to tell you, I thank God so much for my mom having this happen to her. I really do. Because I spent hours with my mom talking about God yesterday. I've never done that. Not hours. I've spent an hour talking to my mom about God, but I spent Hours and hours speaking to my mom about God, talking about different scripture, trying to get her to let down that last little bit of guard that she has, that she, that the devil has been working on her for decades to keep God and to keep Jesus and the Holy Spirit at a distance. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. And then we'll get to the verse and the message of the day, okay? My mother believes there is a God. 
kind of, until I left yesterday anyway, but she doesn't know Jesus. And unfortunately, Matthew tells us that most people do not know Jesus. Now, some of you might ask, how is it possible to believe in God and not know Jesus? Well, most of the people that you know in your church, in your communities, are those people. Are those people. They believe in God, but they don't know Jesus. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the, one of the most dangerous places for you to dwell, for you to be, for you to live out your God-given life, is to know God, or I mean to, uh, to believe in God, but not know Jesus. Now, we talked a little bit yesterday about belief and knowing. Feeling that you know something, uh, that you believe something, and knowing for sure whether you believe something. And I told you guys yesterday, I don't feel like I have kids. I know I have kids. I don't feel like I'm married. I know I have a wife. I don't feel like I have a mother. I know I have a mother, and it's the same way I know Jesus. So, my mother was crying yesterday, saying, if I knew, and it takes her about five minutes to get out of a very quick sentence because of the fact that she has to breathe between words. She said, if I knew for sure that I was going to go to heaven and that I was going to have no pain and that I was going to look down on you kids and that I was going to make sure that you were okay and that I was going to make sure that her dog's name is Copper and I was going to make sure that Copper was okay and I was able to speak to you guys through your prayers and I was able to be there with you and watch over you, then I wouldn't be scared, but that's not going to happen, she said. And I said, Mom, Mom, what do you mean that's not going to happen? It's not going to happen. There is, we don't go to a place like that. I said, yes, yes, mom, we do. And she said, how do you know that? And I wanted to cry, but I smiled and I said, mom, it's hard for me to explain to you in a different way than I already have how I know. But trust me, I know. Now, nobody in this world knows more than my mom about the things that I've went through and how I've changed. And I'm sitting there talking to my mom, and it took the most basic conversation for her to finally realize that, yes, there's a God. Yes, there's somebody in control of everything. And yes, because of that, then the story of Jesus and what he did was true. And I'll tell you where we went with this. I said to my mom, mom, have you ever seen the coding of a computer program? She said, no. And I said, well, you know that computer programs are all coded with numbers, letters, and sequences of patterns, correct? And she said, yes. I said, okay. So I showed her what the most basic, um, what the most basic computer program looked like and it was basically hieroglyphics to anybody who looks at it it's a series of millions of numbers and letters in sequence with patterns that's how you see all of this on your screen right now okay and i said 
those numbers and those letters and those sequences of patterns, if even one of those things were out of place, just one, just one number, one letter, boom, everything isn't there. It doesn't work. And if it is there, it looks deformed and not correct. Just one out of millions. So I said, is there any way that that sequence of numbers and letters and patterns could have created itself and maintained its perfection without somebody doing it? And she said, no, that's not possible. I said, good. Now, what is DNA, mom? She goes, I don't know. It's something that our body's made up of. And I said, exactly. Now, you can take the most intricate. I just showed you a basic computer program. You can take the most intricate computer program that is available to humans from NASA or from Elon Musk, whatever you want to call it, and it doesn't even hold a candle to the length, size, and uh, just absolute enormous mass of numbers and letters and sequences of patterns that are in our DNA. Our DNA can stretch from here to the moon and back. And if just one of those numbers or letters, or whatever, is moved, or the sequence of of patterns is moved, then guess what? Jeremy Harrell does not exist. Renee does not exist. Angel Girl, I'm Sullivan, Kong, Majorva, Mustache, Heather, Three Little Birds, and God's Hands, Tina, Miranda, Majogo, S. Sherling, doesn't exist. That is perfection. Now, who's maintaining that? My mom goes, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm not plugged into a wall, right? I don't have an internet jack plugged into the back of my head like Neo from The Matrix. I must be getting the fact that I just did this from somewhere. I must be getting the fact that I'm saying the words and the sequences that I'm saying them from somewhere. I must be getting the thought process and the personality and my delivery from somewhere. Who's the puppet master? Who's pulling the strings? Who is maintaining life on earth? Because the most basic explanation would tell you somebody is. Then it hit home to her. Then it went, then it hit home. And I couldn't believe that after all of the conversation that we were having, that it just took the most basic explanation to get her to understand that at least that we were created. Then she surprised me. She said, I listened to Luke that you put on my phone on the Bible app until I fell asleep last night. I said, you did? She said, yes. I said, and? And she started talking about names. She started talking about John and the fact that John's father lost his voice. She started talking about Sarah and the fact that Jesus and John were cousins. She started talking about all of this stuff that she never would have known before, ever. And she was interested, right? So I said to her, and I'm almost done, and then we'll get right into the verse of the day. I said to her, Now you need to meet and know Jesus. And she said, and she started crying. And she says, Jeremy, I 
tried. I have asked him. I have begged him into my heart. And I just don't feel any different. I said, yeah, I know. I know. I said, it's because I don't have the Bible. I just have devotionals next to me. I said, it's because you're not having a conversation with him. And she said, how do I do that? And I said, the word. Jesus speaks to you through the word of God. If you're talking to Jesus and asking him in your life, but you don't listen to what he has to say, of course you're not going to feel different. And the reason why most people will not jump head first into the word of God is because they're afraid what it's going to do to them because it is that powerful. You might have a lot of people in your life who are very, um, are very curious about God and your relationship with Jesus and they ask you questions constantly and you tell them, if you go read this, 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 and this, you'll see what I mean and they'll never do it, but they'll continuously ask you questions or have conversation with you about it but they won't go read the book. And there's no reason behind it because they'll read science fiction. They'll read other books. They'll read the Quran. They'll read the, you know, the, 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 the other religious uh, texts, but they'll do everything they can to stay away from the Bible. And you have to say, Why? If you have so many questions, if you want all the answers that I have that you're not accepting, why don't you go read it for yourself? And they won't because they're afraid. The devil is putting it on their heart to not go read it because he knows if they do, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Wrap. Sure ready, ladies and gentlemen. That's what you need to be. So we are going to completely change my mom's life. When she gets out of the hospital, we're going to move her from where she lives. This building that we're in, this new studio that we're in, has an apartment on the back of it. My mom will be living in that apartment in a new place. I had plans for that apartment, but God had other plans. She'll have new furniture that doesn't smell like cigarettes. She'll be in a place that doesn't smell like ashes. She'll be in a clean new environment with a clean new heart. We're going to get her on social security so she does not have to worry about working anymore. And I'm going to do what I never, ever thought that I would ever do or desire to do. And that is honor my mother and take care of my mom. That is why I thank God that this happened. Because I don't want to go to see Jesus on that day of judgment and Jesus look at me and say, you did everything so well, but you need to depart from me, you worker of iniquity, because I never knew you, because you did not honor your mom and dad, which is one of the Ten Commandments. That, ladies and gentlemen, is my Christmas present. That is a Christmas miracle. 
Somebody asked what Bible app I use. version is what I use. Did she stop smoking? Well, she's still in the hospital. So yeah, we'll see when she gets out. But she told me to get rid of those cigarettes. And she reaffirmed that yesterday. So ladies and gentlemen, the diagnosis from the um, CAT scan revealed no cancer. Her blood levels are great. Her COPD ended up getting, when she caught the flu, it got so bad that it caused double pneumonia in her lungs. And because she has so much scar tissue from smoking and because her COPD and the flu and bronchitis and pneumonia are a constant thing with her, she let it go far too long. And she's got double acute pneumonia. I think that's what it's called. And her lungs just are not working with her heart. Her heart and her lungs are not speaking properly because of the massive um, uh, infection and, and inflammation of her lungs. So once they found that out and she had no cancer, thank you, God. That's what she was more afraid of because her dad died of cancer. Her mother died of cancer. Her sister died of cancer. To her, that was the best news that she could have possibly gotten. And when the doctors found out about it, they said, oh, you're going to be like night and day. We're going to pump you full of uh, antibiotics and steroids. Tomorrow, you're going to feel like a completely different person. God allowed my mom to go through this, not just for my mom, to bring my mom closer to him, to show her for the first time the fear of the Lord so she can have the beginning of wisdom, but he did it for me too. He did it for me. He did it for my family. Jeremy, is your mom still working? She won't be soon because we're going to get her on Social Security. So I want to say thank you all for allowing me to tell you my stories because this is, you know, my journey with Jesus. And this helps me a lot. And it helps my mom too because most likely my mom is watching right now. My mom is 64. She's 20 years older than me. I took care of my mom until she passed away in my home five years ago. And I'll bet you're glad you did. And see, I didn't think I was going to. I didn't think that I would ever have the desire to after, you know, my um, disdain for my parents because of the way I was raised. But I'm, you know, obviously far and beyond that now. And I'm in a whole new place. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much. God bless you all. And now let's get to the actual verse of the day. And I said, have you ever been in a grocery line? And you finally get to the cashier with a cart full of groceries. You put all your items in the cart on the belt. And then you get ready to go pay. There's a line of people behind you. You've got a cart full of bags. And your card is declined. How many of you have had that happen in your life? Let me know in the live chat. And we'll get ready to pull up the live chat here. How many of you have made it all the way through the line? got up to the front, put your groceries on, literally rang up everything, right? And then your card was declined. How embarrassing is that? Yes, me. Yep, yes, sir, me, me, Eileen says. Me, says Nurse 1978. 
Afraid so. Yes, says Annette. I have John. Cindy says me. Awesome. Shishu says it sucks. Yes, it does. You want to know the craziest part about that? Most of us have had that happen to us because most of us are regular people who live paycheck to paycheck, right? Here's where I'm going with this. And this is why I titled today's show, Your Card Was Declined. You thought that your card was fine. If you didn't, you wouldn't have spent the entire time in the grocery store hoping that there'd be money on there. I've experienced that so many times in my life, whether it's the card didn't work, I didn't have money on it, whatever reason. I've, I've had that happen so many times. The embarrassment just goes from embarrassment to, yeah, well, it happens a lot, right? But you thought you were going to be okay. You thought that when you rang that card and it said declined, you're like, what? What could this possibly be? So you say, set it aside. Let me go log on to my bank account. You go and you log on to your bank account. Nothing's there. There's no money there. There's not enough money in the card. What do you mean? There's supposed to be money in there. My check got deposited. I know for sure that I deposited my check. My disability came in. I know for sure it did. It always does. What the heck is going on? So you call the bank. What's going on? Yeah, there's no money in there. There's not enough money in there to cover that. Why? Well, because this came out or that came out or this was charged. You got an annual charge here that puts you over, that puts you over drafting and now blah, 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 blah. You've been there. You know what I'm talking about, right? You thought you were going to be fine. You literally shopped, put all the stuff in. Yeah, I'm going to cook that. I'm going to cook this. I'm going to cook that. I'm going to bake this. Okay, looking at the grocery list. Yep, we got to get this. We got to get that. And declined. (gasps) Most people don't hope they have the money and then roll the dice and gamble. That usually isn't the way that happens. I've never gone grocery shopping going, boy, I hope I got that money in there. No, you know you have it in there. That's why you go grocery shopping. Okay, I'm going grocery shopping. I'm going to use the card. You're not going, ugh. (laughs) I hope that I get this cart filled and I get up there and do the whole spiel and there's a whole line of people waiting for me and I just, here we go. It's a 50-50. Is it going to work? Is it not? No, you don't do that. Most people don't anyway. So you get up there, bing, bing. Nope, you don't have enough money. And it's a crushing feeling. And you thought for sure, I'm solid. Same thing with your salvation. How many people are going to get to Jesus on that day? Thinking for sure, I got this. I've preached. I've spread the gospel. I believe God exists. I got the bumper sticker on the back of my car that says proud Christian parent. I got the, the, the fish on the back of my car. Everybody knows I'm a Christian. I go to church every week. And here he comes. It's Jesus. I can't wait to get to you. See him. It's Jesus, guys. I'm, I'm next in line. Oh, that person goes in. 
Hi, Jesus. Oh, thank, thank you so much. I'm here. He looks at you. I don't know you. You don't know me. Why are you coming up to me like we are close, good friends? You know that feeling you get when that card's declined? Why don't you amplify that by infinity? Because that's what's going to happen on that day. And the difference between the grocery line and the card being declined and the heaven line and you being declined is the grocery line. You can go get money somewhere else, come back, get the groceries. You can fix it maybe digitally or with a phone call maybe. Or maybe somebody else can come down and lend you the money real quick. Maybe somebody in line is, in line is nice enough and kind enough to pay for your groceries for you like I would if I had the extra money and somebody was in front of me. Either way, there's a way out. Either way, it's not the end of the line for you and eating in the future. You will eat again. However, once you're there and you get declined there, that's it. That's it. I want you guys to open up your verses of the day today if you can. I've got mine pulled up here. Verse of the day today comes from Matthew 7, 22 through 24. Possibly, if not definitely, the most scariest verse in the Bible. Verse 22, Matthew 7, 22. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name. And done wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you practicer, or you who practice lawlessness. Another way you might have heard it is, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Now, they say this is the scariest verse in the Bible, and I agree because there's no more time to change or reverse it. Your time is up at that point. I think the worst part, though, is truly believing that you are good and that you will be allowed into heaven. So you become a stale, lukewarm Christian here on earth. So many people that I know today believe in God but don't know Jesus. That is a very, very dangerous place to be. And the devil has them right where he wants them. There's nothing worse than thinking that you're doing a great job and then you just come to find out that you weren't even close to where you thought you were. And I talked about that, about marriage, about three months ago. Most people don't understand how to know Jesus. Like my mom. The problem is, is they actually do know how, but they won't let go of their earthly point of view or their sin or their habits. They're afraid. Knowing Jesus is the most basic act of love here on earth, and everyone can do it from birth. 
However, Satan is a liar and a deceiver, and he has fooled the entire earth into believing that either he doesn't exist or that you as a Christian are saved because you believe in God. Well, guess what, everyone? Satan believes in God, too. And so do the demons, and so do atheists. If you really want to get down to it. It takes more faith to be an atheist than it does a Christian. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the message of today's show. Satan believes in God. Satan believes that Jesus is the son of God. He knows it now. But it's too late for him. He has rejected the Holy Spirit. And once you get there, folks, there's no going back. I have a few videos I want to show you. What do we got here? Ten minutes for that one. Two minutes, two minutes, two minutes. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going. I have three videos to show you. And we didn't get to do it yesterday because of yesterday's show was so powerful. So we're going to go back to it today. Ladies and gentlemen, Ray Comfort. Christmas is all about from the heart. I believe that everybody has the spirit inside of them. This Santa had really bad doctrine. He was floating in a poisonous soup of universalism and what's commonly called easy believism. And this gentleman was very reluctant to come on camera, but listen to what he said after he had heard the biblical gospel. I'm glad I uh, changed my mind and talked with you. What did I say that made him say that? The answer is that I simply use biblical principles that you can use too. You like Christmas? I do. Do you give gifts to people? I do. How would you define the word gift? A gift is something you give to somebody to, uh, to make them happy with expect of nothing in return. Yeah, and nothing should come in return because if it does, it's not a gift. If I gave you a Lamborghini and you used to say, I love this gift, here's 10 cents, it's no longer a gift. Yeah, it's, a, right. it's a bargain. Right. You've got something to boast about. What do I have to do to go to heaven? I think if you're a good person, you know, you treat your mankind, other people, the same way. It's a huge mistake, and let me tell you why. Remember, a gift cannot be earned. You cannot purchase it. And yet most people think they can get to heaven by being good, earning it. So where does Christmas have its origins? Uh, Jesus Christ. So he's the greatest gift God gave to humanity? I believe so, yes. So what does that mean to you? Uh, I mean, I was born and raised Catholic. Around the holidays, my family and I would get together, and um, Jesus, you know, he died for our sins. Let's say there's a knife in my back, and I've got three minutes to live. I say to you, Kurt, I'm terrified of going to hell. I've broken the Ten Commandments. What do I have to do to go to heaven? Ooh, in that three minutes, that's a tough one. It's Uh, two and a half minutes now. Two and a half minutes, I guess you have to just hopefully accept God into your heart. Uh, I've already done that sort of stuff, and I still feel terribly guilty because I've broken those commandments. How can I be forgiven? Oh, man, that's a tough question. Uh... I think, I think you've already been forgiven, you know. Jesus, he, uh, he has all of us in our hearts. We just have to accept him and uh, hope for the best, you know. Everybody has the spirit inside of them, and I love bringing that out in everybody. Have you ever heard the Bible verse, the gift of God is eternal life? Absolutely. How do you get that gift? The gift, again, is in everybody's heart, and I believe it's sharing that with everybody and the bringing out uh, the spirit of Christ and everybody. I don't, I couldn't give you a straight answer of what to do in that probably two minutes now, but uh, 
you know, just hopefully you live your life the best you could and, you know, we all sin, but uh, we just have to accept it and move forward and then from then on out, live life better. Do you think you're a good person? I like to think so. How many lies have you told in your life? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> Quite a few? Yeah. Never taken something that belongs to somebody else, even if it's small? Yeah. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Oh yeah, by accident. Uh, what do you mean by accident? Times. Can't you control your brain? Nope, not in the moment sometimes. we all some, I feel like we all say something we don't mean when the temperatures yeah. rise, you know? That's what it means to take it in vain, not give it due honor. Do you love your mum? I do. Would you ever use her name as a cuss word? Never. Never? What, so you just lost control of yourself? You'd never do that. Because yeah. you respect your mum, but you don't respect the God that gave you a mum. Yeah. They've taken his holy name and used it as a cuss word. It's called blasphemy. Yeah. Punishable by death in the Old Testament. Thank God we're not there. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. Day of judgment. Yeah. Now, Jesus said, if you look at a woman and lust for her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's sex before marriage. Yeah. So here's a quick summation. This is for you to judge yourself to see how you're going to do on Judgment Day. You've told me you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, fornicating, Ooh. adulterer at heart who's self-righteous and saying you're a good person when it's obvious you're not, you're like the rest of us, and that's a sin in God's eyes. So if God judges you by those Ten Commandments on Judgment Day, will you be innocent or guilty? Guilty. Heaven or hell? By, based off those standards, hell. Do you think hell exists? I do. Who goes to hell? People that don't believe in Jesus. Hitler believed in Jesus. Did you know that? <laughs> yes, I did. I'm not, I'm not going to do it anymore. Had enough? Thank you. I've had Hitler did believe in Jesus. He was a typical baby-kissing, Bible-quoting politician until he got into power. And then he made up his own version of Jesus, had his own Ten Commandments, had a hundred thousand copies of his own Bible printed, and called Christianity a disease. It's a fascinating subject. So fascinating, I wrote a book about it called Hitler, God, and the Bible. Ever heard the Bible verse, the wages of sin is death? I have not. Yeah, it's very famous. It's saying God is paying you in death for your sins. Like a judge looks at a criminal who says, I'm a good person, but he's committed murder. The judge says, I'm going to show you how serious your crime is. I'm giving you the death sentence. This is your wages. This is what you've earned. This is what's due to you. And Steve, sin is so serious to a holy God, he's given you the death sentence. You're on death row, and your death will be evidenced here that God is deadly serious about sin. Remember, a gift cannot be earned, and the Bible says... They got me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that one of your friends? I have no idea who that is. Remember, we began, we said you can't earn a gift. Yeah. Can't earn it. And the Bible says the gift of God is eternal life, and it uses this phraseology. It says the free gift of God is eternal life in the book of Romans. It seems superfluous saying free gift because if something's free, it's a gift. If it's a gift, it's free, but it's bringing home the fact that eternal life is a gift of God and there's nothing you can do to earn it. So here's your dilemma. You're in front of a holy God. He's a judge. You've violated his law. His wrath abides on you. You know that Jesus died on the cross. How can his death help you 2,000 years later in your dilemma? That's a tough question, man. I don't know. I don't have a, good, I don't have a straight answer for you. Kurt, if you can get a grip of this, it's going to change everything for you. Okay. The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. Moral? Moral law. Okay. You and I broke the law. Jesus paid the fine. That's what happened on that cross. That's why he said it is finished just before he died. He was saying paid in full. If you're in court and you've got speeding fines, a judge will let you go if someone pays them. You say, you're out of here. You're guilty, but someone paid your fine. You can leave. And it's legal. Well, God can legally dismiss your case, forgive your sins grant you everlasting life, guilty though you are, because of what Jesus did on the cross and paying our fine. Then he rose from the dead, defeated death, and all you have to do to find everlasting life 
is repent of your sins. It's more than confessing them to a priest. You actually turn from your sins. Mm. You don't want to play the hypocrite. You know, you want to be genuine. And then you trust in Jesus like you trust a parachute. Right. At the moment, you're like a man on the edge of a plane 10,000 feet up. And he knows he has to jump, and this is his plan. He's going to flap his arms and try and save himself. And you and I would say to that man, don't do that. Just trust the parachute. So don't try and save yourself on Judgment Day by trusting in your goodness because it's not going to work. You're not a good person. You're like the rest of us. Just transfer your trust from yourself to the Savior. Mm. One last analogy. If you're going to jump out of a plane 10,000 feet, why would you put on a parachute? To catch me. Yeah, you slow you, the fall. You slow the fall. Yeah. And your motivation is fear. Yeah. You don't want to die. Right. And that fear is your friend. It's not your enemy. It's doing you a great favor and making you put a parachute on. And Steve, because I love you, I've tried to put the fear of God in you today. I've tried to make you a little scared, make your mouth go dry, hoping you'll see that fear as your friend, not your enemy, because it'll make you serious with God, and it'll drive you to the foot of the cross where you'll find everlasting life as a free gift. Is this making sense? Sure. You're going to think about what we talked about? 100%. When are you going to repent and put your faith in Christ? When I get the opportunity, I guess. You've got an opportunity today, and the thing that will hold you back is your love of sin. Yeah. The joy that pornography gives you, and <laughs> sex with your gorgeous girlfriend. The Bible says men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. But the miracle of conversion, when you're born again, when you come to Christ, God will give you a new heart with new desires so you love righteousness Amen. instead of sin. And Amen. that'll be your own personal miracle. Can you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you think I'm right about sin holding you back, your love of sin? Yeah, I think so. And just get before God and say, I'm so dumb. You're offering me everlasting life, and I'm, I'm choosing temporal sin and ending up in hell. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's not tough. It's an easy one. Yeah. It's easy. The gift of God is eternal life, and that's what God holds before you today. So please think about this with a sense of seriousness and examine my tone. Why am I talking to you like this? It's because I really do care about you, and I, and I know what I'm saying is true. Yeah. Does that make sense? 100%. Can I give you a book I've written called Scientific Facts in the Bible? Uh, is it a big book? Yeah, it's, it's really tiny. Oh, perfect, yeah. And I'll give you another little booklet called Save Yourself Some Pain and the Gospel of John. Is that okay? Uh, yeah, sure. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want more, go to livingwaters.com. Ray Comfort also has his own YouTube channel um, just called Ray Comfort Just Witnessing. So you can go and follow Ray Comfort Just Witnessing and Ray Comfort's uh, living waters, uh, both will give you a different, um, some will be the same, but some will be different videos. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about something else real quick. Since we were talking about, um, uh, you know, believing in God, but not knowing Jesus, a lot of people don't understand the righteousness and works thing. Okay. Um, if works don't save you, then why do we do them? All that, all that kind of stuff. Well, I found a great, great video that I'd like to share for you. And maybe this will bring some things to light for you as it pertains to work, producing works, and works can't save you even though you must do them. Kind of weird, right? Not really. Listen, this is a great explanation.
that young lady is very, very intelligent. Very intelligent. Gotta love it. Now, here's a friend of mine actually just invited me to a chat yesterday. Yes, I will, Amanda. Thank you guys all for your advice. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you, Sherry. We appreciate that. Folks, we're almost 1,800. We haven't broke 1,800. We're 25 people away from 1,800. So ladies and gentlemen, please, please, please share, share, share. Now, there's a friend of mine who's explaining why the three wise men brought myrrh with gold and frankincense. I did not know this until I saw this video from my friend. Do you guys know why myrrh was brought? Check this out. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But why myrrh? It's a sap that comes from a tree. It's in Northeast Africa or Southwest Asia. And it was found to have some antibacterial properties. In fact, the Egyptians used it in their embalming process because it slows decay. And here's what we find in Luke 24. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and other women with them came to the tomb bringing spices which they had prepared. Now, one of these these spices or, or fragrant oils would have undoubtedly been myrrh because it was used in the burial process that the Jews used to use. And so they came to this tomb expecting to find the body of Jesus. Okay, the wise men brought this, this myrrh as if to say, you are going to be a martyred prophet. We know that you are born to die. But here's what they found. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And as you and I know, Jesus rose from the dead. He could not stay dead. And he died for you and me, but he rose again. Okay, so... That myrrh was provided because Jesus was going to die for our sins as a martyred prophet. God bless. Wow. Wow. I did not know the symbolism of myrrh until that. And I'd like to thank my friend for that. We're going to bring him on uh, Rise Up, actually, at some point. You know, we don't do a lot of guests, but sometimes I think we should. I think we should get Julie Green on. I think we should get him and a few other people on, Frank Turek, Ray Comfort, things like that, because they're people that we talk to or, or talk about and, and watch. Now, I got one more video, and this hit home because of what my mother's going through. Put this on the screen. Here we go. wisely before it's too late Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for Rise Up today. And I'm going to take you out the same way I always bring you in. And that's with some good music. Go tell it on the mountain. 
So I love you guys so very much. I want to thank you for joining in on Rise Up episode number 253. Mike Crispy and Unafraid comes up next, followed by Live from America for two straight hours, followed by Kevin Smith and Loud Majority, folks. Thank you for being here. God bless you. I'll see you at 11, and I'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 for another episode of Rise Up. Remember, make sure your card is not declined and be rapture ready today. God bless you guys. I love you, and I'll see you in just a few minutes. See you later.